afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Sometimes I wish you knew But I disguise the truth I say I'm happy but I'm still stuck on us mm -mm -mm. Does your mind play this game too? Think about me and you I guess I'll just pretend until it all makes sense mm -mm -mm -mm. See you face to face, I'm thinking about the days we used to be but I can't make a scene But I can't make a scene See you face to face, I'm thinking about the days we used to be But I can't make a scene But I can't make a scene To blame, you're so good with change. Mm -mm -mm. A table set for two. You got me waiting, but you ain't coming through. Try to stay patient, but gotta face the truth. Mm -mm -mm. See you face to face. I'm thinking about the days we used to be. But I can't make a scene. But I can't make a scene. See you face to face, I'm thinking about the days we used to be But I can't make a scene But I can't make a scene Like I want you You Even if it's Even if it's true
How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 267 of the Hoots Podcast. 33 episodes away from reaching the 300 mark. And also, speaking of 300, we just surpassed 300,000 downloads on Anchor.fm. Thank you to every single person that's listened to the Hoots Podcast since the beginning of the show and everybody that subscribes to the podcast. By the way, if you subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if, if you're old school, if you don't know what Apple Podcasts is, um, <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher. Um, also, we got our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash the Who's Podcast. Make sure to subscribe there so you get the video version of our broadcast. And um, make sure to press the notification bell so you get notifications every time we go live or if I upload a new interview or something from the past. It may be, be a guitar cover. You never know <laughs> on the YouTube channel, so be on the lookout for that. I am Joshi, a.k.a. the Nefarious Brother Adam. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to spam the Twitter support account of Twitter and put in hashtag freedom podcast if you can do that. I deeply appreciate it. I am alongside a man I haven't seen visually in a month, but a good brother of all good brothers, the director of operations, Brother Carter. What's going on, man? Brother Adam, I must tell you, it is once again time for your performance evaluation. No. No. We can't say yes. We can't say yes anymore because of just how god awful and downhill big money, big money. I use that in air quotes for our audio viewers. Big money, Matt, right. has become. But uh, great to be back, Josh. It's been a very refreshing month away. I've I've taken a sabbatical from the world of wrestling. Uh, I really, honestly, have I've just barely read the results over the last month, just so I could keep you know, just so I keep refreshing what's going on in the storylines and the major stories, but. Uh, last week was the first time starting with money in the bank was the first show that I watched in about a month. I just needed a break. needed to get away. Had some, uh, take, I had a vacation for a month. It was lovely. Got to spend some wonderful time with my amazingly beautiful girlfriend and, uh, our, my wonderful family and just visiting some friends. I was at a conference last week and it was just terrific. So just a much needed break, but I'm glad to be back. And Josh, I know you've had a series of rotating guests over the last few weeks on the podcast that hoots. No, but uh, so therefore I am here to give you your performance evaluation. My director of operations mug is back in my hometown of Colorado, so I can't be sipping on that today. But I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be shooting it with you, man. Glad to be back. Yeah, just because we had our show for five or six years doesn't mean I'm in line for performance evaluations. That's right. <laughs> Listen, no, nobody gets tenure around the director of operations. I, I, every day we keep people honest. We keep moving it along here. I got to make sure that we're wheeling, dealing, styling, profound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, we're looking at the – you guys can't uh, recognize it in the audio version, but just looking at the camera, I continue to realize that I look 18 every time I shave my beard. I don't, I don't look like 40 when I grow this stuff out. Um, anyways, we got a lot to get to this week. We got the Good Bros Q&A and Wisdom uh, section uh, today, which we start off every podcast. I want to give a shout-out to Andrew Baydala from the SND Network, who did a great job last week co-hosting the show and um he did a wonderful job there um also shout out to referee tony in who came in a couple weeks before that he did a great job well so i want to give a shout out to those guys um also on the show we're going to recap money in the bank in this week in wwe segment uh 
a lot of stuff going on. The John Cena's back. We'll get into that later on in the podcast. You're getting the full audio uh, version of this podcast on Facebook right now, so you, you can watch it in its entirety. And, um, of course, we're going to wrap it up how we always wrap it up. What the hell is wrong with AEW? Or, as I like to say, what isn't wrong with AEW? Uh, <laughs> we, may need to re- we may need to rename the segment, Josh, for what the hell isn't wrong with AEW at this point. Yeah. Because, good Lord. Last thing we're going to comes to plus, um, if you're watching the video version, I want you to like this video, especially on YouTube. Share with your friends. That's one request I have for you guys. Like the video and share it with your friends. Also, um, bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And that's the last thing I need to plug for today. So, Burke, are you ready to answer some questions, my man? I always am ready to hear from the good brothers. Though I got to tell you, Josh, we do have good brothers of all good brothers uh, that support our show. And, and, and we absolutely love it. But we may need to think about renaming this segment, too. Because the good brothers have taken a huge spiral downhill. And I know we'll yeah. get into all that. But the goof brothers, as they might as well be known as now. because yeah. <laughs> I started calling them the goof brothers. <laughs> yeah. They're just... Uh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But It's a great no. clown show down there. Um, anyways, uh, actually, our first question comes from a lady. A good Ooh. lady. Of mine, uh, Miss Sarah, uh, Miss Sarah checking us out here on Facebook. Uh, she said, So her man John Cena came back. What's your thoughts on his speech after the show went off air? Did you get to see that video after buying the bank, Brother Carter? I did, and it, it was terrific. I mean, John Cena is th- there's a reason why he's going to go down as you could argue top three of all time. Um, mm-hmm. at this, you know, when he came back. That I, I still remember that pop was one of the loudest I've heard in a long time. I mean, like everybody in the crowd, even the anti Cena people were just going nuts to see Cena back. And that was great. I loved his speech. He, he's just so real with the crowd. He knows how to he knows how to interact with any crowd, any performer, anybody at all. So I think I, I, I was very happy about it. And I know we'll get into it in this week in WWE, but. I was so happy about it. I loved it. Uh, a plus for John Cena. Well, well done. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I also liked the part about that speech was um, they had a little video uh, outside the ring where Linda McMahon brought a kid up to the barricade to mm-hmm. uh, see John Cena up and close. It was really cool. Like a kid that was like a couple rows behind her, uh, she brought him up to the first row to go check out the rest of that talk. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, I agree with what you said. It was really cool to see John Cena. Um, I always say, outside of CM Punk, uh, the All-State Arena is the house that John Cena's built because he's had so many special moments. Um, I was lucky enough to see John Cena's debut in the WWE Chicago when I was eight years old at a snack. Wow. So in 2002, um, He's had a lot of legendary moments here in Chicago, but I'm happy that he's back. Um, it, does, it just doesn't scream more box office right now than John Cena versus Roman Reigns, but we'll explain that more in detail later on in the podcast. But right. I, I, I love the speech, and it was really, I was really happy to see him back. And uh, just that reaction when the music is, just <laughs> it's just something you can't replicate in wrestling, you know? It was awesome. It was awesome. But So I will say I was sitting next to my brother, and I know I've hinted at my brother a few times uh, on this show. And, yeah, you are uh, just completely opposite. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Josh has had a chance to meet him and, and interact with him. But, man, I'll tell you what. So my brother is completely anti-Roman Reigns and completely anti-John Cena. So as soon as Cena's music hits, he just went, oh, 
God, not this again. And I was just like, yeah, sweet. So it was I mean, he just like, God, of course. He's like, of course they're doing Cena again. God. So it was really funny. It had to be like hell for him, right? Just yeah, like, right, and he, and he, and like he, yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he, he's just he's over the whole Roman Reigns thing, which is weird because like I think this is the best Roman Reigns we've ever seen. But we'll, we'll get into all that. But so it yeah. was just really funny. All right, we're going to get to our regular Good Brothers set of questions here. Um, Chris Saletta, X Team Saletta 24X, Sarah had another comment here uh, saying her favorite part was uh, the bro off on Raw. With oh, that was great. <laughs> that, was, that was really good too. <laughs> well, again, it's just Cena can work with anybody. Hey, hey bro. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, Okay, here we go. He says, in your opinion, which version of Bullet Club was the best? Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, I'm just going to say the original because every version since it has completely been ass. Complete and other trash. So I'll say the original version of Bullet Club is my favorite. Yeah, I'll go with the same thing, too. It's just it's like the NWO. It just gets watered down. And then you just it's, you know, the, the group has has kind of become this. I don't even know how to describe it. Like this cult that has this cult following and don't get me wrong. There's great performers in bullet club. Like, don't get me wrong. Like individually there, there's great people that have come out of bullet club, but it's just like, it's just a group, you know, it's, it's not like they're going to take over the world or whatever. So, yeah. but I'll agree with you, Josh, the original one. You know, the funny thing is there's people out there that think that the bullet club as have a big amount of mainstream appeal as the NWO did just because they had their t-shirt deal with hot topic. And every time I hear that comment, I just like, I have to shake my head because you gotta be out of your mind. If you literally think about the mainstream wrestling audience, not the dirt sheet bubble that we talk about all the time on the podcast, it, it's not even close. You go to sporting events and you see NWO shirts. I I'm not I don't go to Cub games and I see oh here's a Kenny Olivier t-shirt here's a Young Bucks t-shirt over here like you're more likely seeing something from the NWO than you're gonna see Josh, for the Bullet Club. About three weeks ago, Josh, we went to the driving range here. I'm I'm on location in Austin this week. Mm-hmm. On the drive, we went to a golf club, a golf course driving range, and there was a guy wearing an NWO shirt. Like exactly. it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> I, we were I was like, is Scott? Uh, my brother's name is Scott. We were looking he's like. Is that an NWO shirt? <laughs> yeah, it is. That's awesome. <laughs> that was great. All right. Uh, next question. When is the right time to put Vince Meek Mahan in the WWE Hall of Fame? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good I, question. <laughs> I, I would say the year after he decides to step down, whenever that may be, you know, just honor his legacy. I that Because I, you want to do it before he passes away. I think. And so I, I would say the year after he uh, decides to turn over the reins to Triple H and the family, uh, then that's the time to do it. And he needs to be the headliner and, you know, give like a 20 minute speech. It would be awesome. So that's what I would say. Yeah, it's just hard to say because of life. You never know. Tomorrow's a guarantee for any of us. And I just feel like, um, you know, having that ceremony of tribute him wherever he does um, go into the next transition of life. But um, I, I think for me, I, I, I don't have a set day on it. It, it. It'll be probably 10 or 15 years from now if I had to make a guess. So um, obviously it'll be in the Hall of Fame. And if it, whenever that day 
unfortunately happens where he doesn't make the transitions in the next part of life, I'd probably say they'll just have the one Hall of Fame just dedicated to him. Mm, yeah, have different inductees uh, in the class and just be him. So I like that. That's how I look at it. Um, next question. Was last night a much-needed win for Lance Archer? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. If you want something positive really quick before our segment this week, uh, it was about time Lance Archer won a big match at AEW. It took them two years, but uh, we, we're here. So Lance Archer is your new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, beating uh, John Cosplay Moxley uh, in the Texans death match. But, yes, I think it was a much-needed win for him. What about you, Brett Carter? Yeah, I mean, the needed win, it was fine. But why does an IWGP title change need to take place on AEW and not an IWGP show? Hey, I, I got I got more cons about that later on that I need to see. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy Archer won, but there's stuff that we need to go over when it comes to that match. Yeah, well, well, well listen, I'm, 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 I'm here, here's the problem, Josh. Whenever we get AEW questions, we immediately want to go off about the product right there. But we have to yeah. be calm. We have to be chill. There will be time. Trust. Yeah. Uh, do you think Robert Stone brand will expand? Um. I don't know if it'll be the Robert Stone brand, but whatever, whatever's going on with him, Frankie Monet, and uh, Mandy Rose has been going on angst over the last couple weeks. I have no idea where that's going to go, but that's kind of a good thing. Maybe we don't need all the answers at once, so we'll have to see where that plays out. Maybe she, maybe it's the Frankie Monet brand. She buys out Robert, Ro- buys out Robert Stone or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I don't know. And Ty Valkyrie has had lackeys in the past in the other promotions he's worked with. Uh, you guys remember Johnny Bravo when she, uh, she was working there on Impact. So, um, yeah, I, I, I probably just changed the name to Frankie Monet brand. Um, next question. Chavo replacing Vicky as a business advisor for Andrade. Is that the right <laughs> move? Uh, I'll say yes, that's the right move because um, – I was getting Dolph Ziggler vibes with Andrade when Vicky was out there. Uh, Shabba has a connection with the crowd. He is good at what he does. Uh, I just, for me, my indifference towards Andrade is what he does bring. I think he comes off very generic in his wrestling style. Does he have charisma? Does he have the look? Does he have the whole tranquilo thing? Sure, but there's nothing else in that pulls any emotion out of me like i when i watch him he's just there so you can have chavo guerrero you could bring out conan you could bring out vampiro you could bring out la parka you could bring back anybody to be advisor for andrade he has to get himself to the next level not other people right and then well this just i mean chavo guerrero is, is fine i mean i don't i don't have a problem with Chavo Guerrero being the advisor to Andrade, like you said, he's he's a he's a very well known figure, very very well respected figure in professional wrestling. He's got the the Guerrero name, so that helps Andrade in that point. I know Josh, you and I disagree on Andrade because I really like Andrade. I think he's actually very good in the ring. He's had some great matches in NXT with Johnny Gargano and uh, you know the folks down there. I still remember that match in Philly. I think it was 19, 2019. Yeah, that takeover match. Was one of the- 18. Was it 18? Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever it was. I mean, that was one of the best matches I've seen in NXT. Like, that was a really, really terrific match. Um, mm. But but my thing, Josh, and we'll get into this too, is just this, this is just further proof that AEW has no desire in building their own stars. They just don't. They just rely on everybody else, you know, who has a name to come in. I mean, 
they brought in Chavo. It's like, how, how about we try to get talent over on their own, you know, or, or build our own stars. You know what I mean? So, right. uh, but, but I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, Vicky Guerrero is busy with Nyla Rose when she appears, you know, every three or four weeks on television because everyone except women in AEW, um, <laughs> or all except women, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll get into it. Yeah. All right. If you guys play fantasy football, who are some sleepers this upcoming season? Uh, I'm kind of sporadic when it comes to fantasy football. I do play. Um, there was a couple of times where I was in uh, Adam Daly's uh, fantasy football league. Uh, so mm-hmm. shout out to brother Joseph out there. Uh, miss you, brother. Um, you know what? Um, I'd probably say watch out for David Montgomery. If I had to pick somebody from the Bears, I think he's going to have a better year than he did last year. So I'll say – Keep keep out look on him in the later rounds if he's still available. Um, if I had to pick anybody else, I, I'll say this: watch out for Emmanuel Sanders. He's in Buffalo right now. I think he could have a really good comeback year as opposed to what he had in New Orleans last year. You have uh, Stephon Biggs and Emmanuel Sanders on one offense. He's going to get more opportunities because people are going to try to double team Diggs. So uh, be to look out for Emmanuel Sanders. Those would be my two picks. I, for me, Josh, watch out for the rookies, man. This is a very strong rookie class coming out uh, this year. I mean, you've got, got – I mean, besides the quarterbacks, like I'm not really worried about the quarterbacks, but I'm thinking of people like Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, Najee Harris, you know, all of these superstars that went in the first round of the draft. You know a couple of them are going to make an impact yeah. on their team. So I would say watch out for the rookies because this is a very strong and, – and, you know, Josh, I follow college football. I'm a college football yeah. – of the two of us, I'm the college – you know, you're more the NFL expert. I'm more the college football – and I wouldn't say expert of myself, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, watch out. This, this, um, this class is a very strong class. So watch out for the rookies. All right, next question. With the Vontae Adams on the last year of his deal, I know it's a long shot from – you say from my point of view, but what I, Joshi, would like to see Devontae Adams <laughs> on the Chicago Bears. Oh man, you're the—he's a good player. He is a good player, but there's also other things that need to be addressed on this football team before we worry about bringing extra receivers. Are are you going to give Alice, Allen Robinson a longer contract? After next year, you got the, you have Darnell Mooney on a contract year, and he's going to be one of the breakout players for the team this season. I, I'm not going to take anything away from Devontae Adams as much as I'm indifferent to everything that is represented by green ship bay packer color uniform. <laughs> um, I I respect what he does as an athlete. He's very good at what he does. Well, I like him on the Bears. Sure, why not? He's good. If, if- if they can find the salary cap for him, but I agree with you, Josh, there's other issues in the bears. And mm-hmm. I still, and I know they talk about this on the, on the, uh, on a lot of the shows, but could they, if they could somehow get to Sean Watson in Chicago, that no, no, you don't want that. No, really? The last thing we need in Chicago is another quarterback. that's uh, have too much media attention on him. Mm-hmm. Let the, the attention come for what you're doing on the field, not off or media members trying to run a quarterback out of the city because they got butthurt because so-and-so picked – oh, I didn't pick my guy, so I'm going to go on the radio and bash Mitch Trubisky for four years, like a little insecure girl that didn't get the boyfriend that she wanted. <laughs> um, 
Well, right. but but also Chicago got Justin Fields, and I think Justin Fields is a very special talent. I'm excited. Uh, we got pre- uh, three preseason games, so I'll be interested nice. to see what it does out there. Glad we're uh, getting preseason games again this year. Yes, me too. I agree with you on that. Um, all right, last question from Chris this week. He says, do you think there will be another golden era in NXT? I don't even know what I would consider a golden era because I still think NXT is good. Um, I just think a lot of people are just allowing things that happen on the main roster uh, to kind of placate their feeling on NXT. Like, was it hotter maybe two or three years ago? Sure. You had fans going around buildings. You're selling out these basketball arenas for these takeover shows. We're just coming off a pandemic. Yeah, they've had a lot of the shows at the Performance Center over the last year and a half or so. Um, but I, I don't know what constitutes a golden era because I, I like NXT. I, I, I say it on the show each week that NXT UK is my favorite show that WWE produces besides SmackDown. Um, I like NXT, the brand. I like what they do down there. Um, is it hot than what it was a couple years ago with Gargano and Champ feuding each other and all these other guys? No, and has there been mistakes with guys who've been called up or girls or whatever? Sure, but I I, could, I need to stress this point. There is no linear path in professional wrestling. I don't care who you are, what promotion you come from, or what show or brand you come from. Nothing is guaranteed. Just because you get pots by Marks in Florida at Full Sale or Performance Center does not mean you're going to resonate with fucking Billy Joe from Arkansas. I've had this conversation with Adam a a, a bunch of times when Nakamura first came out. We talked about it. Like, we know who Nakamura is, but does Ricky from Montana, does he know who Nakamura is? I feel like we work ourselves up with unrealistic expectations when people go up to the main roster, and then that clouds how people view NXT as a whole. NXT is a good show. Watch any takeover, and you tell me that we're not in a good era of that brand. Right. You know? T- well, Am I looking I, at this the wrong way? What's that? Am I looking at this the wrong way? No, absolutely not. And, you know, I I don't get to watch NXT very often because it's just, just now there's just too much wrestling, I think. There's just too much wrestling every week. And so why AEW feels their need to add a second show every week, I do not understand. But we'll get into that at some point. But yeah. – you know, it's no, I, 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 yeah. What, what exactly is a golden age? Because think about the talent that's in, you know, at any given time in NXT, any of them could make it up to the main roster and be superstars. Look at like Gargano, Ciampa. Um, now you've got Karrion Cross who's making his way up. Uh, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, um, Legato del Fantasma. I mean, there's so much talent, you know, and you think, oh boy, when, when the main roster, Raids one of NXT's talents. You have to think, well, it's over, it, you know. But guess what? They reload and it's fine. You know, it's completely fine. So, well, if, by the way, if NXT is so dead, then why did Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks main event WrestleMania this year? If Vince hates NXT so much, why would two people from NXT main event of WrestleMania this year? Well, and, and now that's what it is, Josh. Every new superstar that comes up, they start. The last one was AJ Styles, was the example. Uh, but after AJ Styles, every new superstar on Raw or SmackDown starts in NXT. Like that's that's now the that's now the path. 
You know, WWE's created their own developmental system and yeah. they've created a way to get people used. Now, it's a little different during the pandemic, of course, because yeah. there's no crowds. And, and yes, you're still working TV a little bit. And, and if we're being on, Josh, I still think that NXT should be on the WWE Network. Well, Peacock now and not yeah. on you and not on USA. So that I agree with you with that. So that there's time to, to work out the kinks. And really, I actually didn't mind when NXT was just a one-hour show. You know, so that way you can tape multiple episodes a week. Right. You know, the, the production costs are down a little bit. Really give the opportunity for the superstars to learn the WWE style. Because now, if they're being forced to be on TV every week, they don't have a chance to develop their craft. And really understand, you know, how to work a live crowd and how to, all that stuff. So, it, it, you're comparing almost apples to oranges in that in that regard i think anyways isn't that wrestling twitter in a nutshell <laughs> i want to give a shout out really quick to our good brother uh dave aka ace you remember ace uh used to do shows with him back in the day with adam yeah. shout out to ace what's going on brother oh he what's up brother he says aw needs another show to hopefully start building their women's division well, Ace, I, I agree with you, brother, but they better start emphasizing that on Rampage because there's a lot of useless matches that I cover on Dark and Elevation each week. And it's like, yeah, you can do great wrestling matches, but we get nothing on Ty Conti's character. They do next to nothing with Penelope before. I think it's just money. She's money on the table. <laughs> and they're doing nothing with her. I, I, we all love Britt Baker. She's great at what she does, but there's more to that division than just her. Well, you know? well, but it also took AEW a year and a half to figure that out. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, think about it, Josh. When was the last time we saw Hikaru Shida? And maybe she's been on for a while, and, and I just haven't seen her, but like Hikaru Shida, Riho, you know, like these superstars that have held the women's championship, they've essentially faded into nothing. Right. Because there's no, again, all except women in AEW. Yeah, they need more storylines than they need wrestling matches. Correct. Um, but they're the uh, alternative. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, okay, so we got a next set of questions from um, my good brother, Second City Sam, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Sam Popo. What's going on, man? What's up, Sam? Uh, he says, um, here we go, Hurricane Helms or Gregory Shane Helms? Hurricane. I don't even have to think twice about it. Hurricane Helms, dude. Hilarious. I I did like the Hurricane when I was a kid, but I got to go with uh, Gregory Shane Helms. Uh, Sugar Shane. Uh, uh, I, I, I think his Cruiserweight title run when he turned heel in 2006 was really good. Maybe it's just my age and being part of that ruthless aggression era, but I liked Gregory Helms more than uh, Hurricane. But um, Shane is a man. He's a producer right now behind the scenes with WWE, so he's doing some good stuff there. So shout out to uh, Shane Helms. Indeed. Um, all right, next question. Do you think John Cena taking the belt from Reigns is the right move? Um, I don't think it's the right move, and I don't think it's going to happen. So um, you never know with wrestling. <laughs> we could be throwing a curve, but um, – I think there's something going around about John recording another movie after mm. SummerSlam, right? So um, we'll have to see how that goes. But I don't think it's the right move right now. Roman Reigns is the top attraction of the business. Him dropping the title just like that to John Cena would be a bad look. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love Cena. Like, I, I think he's, you know, I'm, you and I agree. I think he's one of the 
best of all time. And I always get excited every time I see Cena, despite, you know, a lot of the, the crowd and stuff when they're like, oh, Cena sucks five moves of doom. It's like, so does every other wrestler. Um, have five <laughs> right but for whatever reason they've singled out Cena but uh, no I love but I agree with you Josh it's, that's the wrong move especially I mean he has made the transition to Hollywood you know let's let's be honest he, he has made the transition out of professional wrestling to Hollywood and that's what he wants to do and that's fine you know if that's what he wants to do with his career cool you know he, he, he can definitely do that because he's very good at what he does there I mean he's he's the main villain now in F9 so he's like a main villain in uh you know, a franchise that has some longevity. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, and, and that's what he wants to do. So yeah, Reigns is the, I mean, he is head and shoulder. He is literally the head of the table. I mean, it's, it's not close. Not they're, close. No, there's the second person who I could argue is probably Lashley um, is not close to well, Roman Reigns' level. You know how I say that Charlotte's the standard bearer, like this, the measuring stick of women's wrestling. Roman yep. Reigns is the measuring stick in the men's, wrestling world right now 100 uh, we got a question here from ac he says uh what do you think is the chances that we see the rock in dallas for wrestlemania you know right now brother I, I, i'll say 70 for now i'm leaning more on the positive side that he does but you have to lead out some realistic things of if there's a movie that comes around or whatever so i like to say 70 percent um it was interesting. The Rock's last match was indeed in Dallas. You were what? there for that. <laughs> so um, I haven't had a chance to go to Jerry World yet, so I'm really excited to go down there for WrestleMania next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I'll say right now it's 70%. How about you, Brother Carter? Yeah, I'll, I agree with you. It's it's, it's It'd be great to see him. Uh, he'd probably just give an appearance, you know, something like that. But I, I don't think he'll be in a, well, and he may do a segment and give somebody rock bottom and people's elbow to send everybody home happy and all that kind of good stuff. And that's fine. Um, so I'll, I'll actually say 60% because I, I, I'm a little less skeptical that it'll happen. Yeah. And of course the obvious match if he does have is with Roman Reigns. So of course, you know, um, you could also Josh, they could also be in a tag match. So that way rock doesn't have to wrestle a whole lot because I know that the executives in Hollywood would not want him wrestling too much in case, you know, God forbid he gets hurt or something like that and can't fill his movie obligations or something like that. So that would be my only, if, you, if he's in a tag match or it's him and let's say it's him and Jay versus Roman and Jimmy or however they want to do it, yeah. you know, but in a way where rock doesn't have to wrestle too much to keep him safe. Do you, do you remember that one promo that he had with Triple H? I think it was like the 20th anniversary of SmackDown or whatever. And they're like, oh, one day me and you are going to be uh, one-on-one at WrestleMania for the oh, thousands and thousands of people. Don't you think a Rock and Triple H match could still happen at a WrestleMania? Or people could. I just, I just, I think that his agents and you know his, his representatives in Hollywood are going to say, look, man, there's too much money on the table if you get hurt. Like you're losing way too much money if you get hurt and you know, and you can't make a movie or you can't make these appearances. So but that was the best part of that promo was why are we this close? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's hilarious. Or okay. at the very end, like his brain is like, why don't you pay the bill, you cheap bastard, as he walks out? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, this is an interesting question. What would you like to see from Jeff Hardy before he leaves or retires from WWE? I, I don't know. Um, I don't really think he needs to do anything. He can just fade off into the sunset at any time. 
Oh, no, he could fade away and classify himself as obsolete. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. He needs to get as far away from his brother as possible because yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just sad what's happening to, to big money Matt. So, uh, um, you know what? I think for me, if you do it right, if you build him up right, you know, he's got his precious song back. They got the dumb words back. So they'll get, uh, they'll get a nice pop with the crowds on their back on tour. Uh, if you do it right, if you build him up and you, Get him back with some credibility, and Bobby Lashley's still a champion. You could do a one one month program or something like that. You have like a random pay per view. You could have, for example, you get Bobby Lashley against Jeff Hardy for the WWE title at Extreme Rules. Sure, if you want to build it up from there. Just an idea, just throwing it out there. So, um, do I think he'll become a world champion again? No. Right. Uh, do I see him a way where he can build up a star? Sure, we'll have to see how that goes. But I, I, I for me personally, I don't think he's winning any world titles before no. he goes or at least, you know. Maybe they'll give him the, the, the US championship or something like that. Yeah. And that's fine. Well, okay. Totally, and I don't think this would happen. Any chance he wins the NXT championship? No shot. Okay. No. Um Maybe you can get back in the stream with Sheamus and get the U.S. title's revenge. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, next question. Breakout star predictions for the Bears. Um, I got two. Um, Cole Komet for tight end and David Montgomery. There you go. I'm going to say David Montgomery. I like both of those picks, Josh. I'm going to say David Montgomery. I'm going to say Justin Fields. I think he's going to come in and light everybody up. So I think that's going to be – Watch yeah. out for the Bears. They're they're they, they. There's a lot of people saying that they had one of the best drafts of everyone in the NFL. So watch out for the Bears, man. Watch out. Uh, Listen, as long as the Cowboys go zero seventeen every year, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm ready to see Jameis Winston eat some dubs <laughs> this season. <laughs> That's not funny, brother Adam. That's not funny. Minus 10 on your performance evaluation for that. You went the wrong way, buddy. You're not going to like this, but don't be surprised if Sean Payne tries to trade for Mitch Trubisky midseason. <laughs> Just telling you right now. Um, all right. Here we That's go. That's not funny. <laughs> not funny. One player for – Watch. You know what would be hilarious, though, Josh, is if that yeah. did happen and Sean Payton, who is an offensive genius – Showed you know helped Mitch Trubisky kind of revitalize his career. Exactly. That's the one <laughs> and, I was and, going, and he came back and said, "Screw you to all Chicago Bears." And like, <laughs> and then, oh god, I could only. What would if if that were to happen? What how would the Bears fans react? Would they be mad at the Bears organization? Would they be or would they say, "Oh, we we always loved him. We want him back." Blah 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 blah. The latter. <laughs> the latter. Yep. Um, one player from the Cubs that you like to take uh, the White Sox to help win the World Series. Um, we got the trade deadline coming up soon for baseball. That's a good question. Um, I, I'd probably say Kyle Hendricks. I'll just be honest with you guys. The Cubs need to blow it up just the entire thing. You got to get rid of everybody. Rizzo, Contreras, Bryant, all of those guys. Uh, especially bias. I think Javier Bias is highly, highly overrated as a baseball player. Um, I, I look more towards the pitching side because the White Sox got enough offense as it is right now. Um, I'm very happy. It's been really cool to watch the White Sox this season. They're my favorite baseball team for those who don't know. And uh, they're 
kicking all types of ass right now. So uh, I'd like to see just one more good starter to bring things up to the next level of the playoffs. So I'll say Kyle Hendricks. That'd be my pick. Cool. Um, I know that upsets uh, Sam because he's a he's a big Cubs fan, but um, I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> all right. And he says, am I the only one who sees potential in a Mansoor Ali tag team? No, you're not. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by it as well. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out. I know they're in the tag team match next week. They haven't announced their point, uh, opponents, but they did mention that on Raw this week, right? That Ali yeah. and yep. tag team. So, um, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by it. We'll have to see where that goes. I think they'll be a good pairing. I, and I really like Mansoor. You know, the few times I've gotten to see him, I think he's very talented. And uh, him with uh, Mustafa Ali, I think, could be terrific. Um, I, I, it's interesting, Josh, because he's he's now kind of one of the main folk. Well, I guess you could say Cedric was too. But both Cedric and Mustafa have kind of been the 205 Live folks that have, you know, kind of broken out of that division and and moved, uh, moved up. I, I wish we would get to see more. I guess you could say Akira Tozawa too, but... I wish we would get to see more 205 Live folks on on Raw, SmackDown, or, or NXT. You know, I just 205 Live just doesn't have the exposure that that it it should. No, well, 205 Live has changed a lot. It, it, that really is the developmental now for NXT. Um, they're doing the NXT breakout tournament right now. They have guys coming in between both shows. Um, you know, they've been doing these breakout tournaments. Uh, Shots to like Odyssey Jones and Andre Chase and some of these other guys have been doing well. Um, Arlie Sterling, the guys made one-off appearances on NXT. Uh, they're doing a whole revamp of that brand right now. So, yeah, they're in a little of a transitional period. But I, I, I get your point there. Um, here's a funny question. I, I, I tried to watch AEW last night and I got through about 15 minutes before I had to change it. <laughs> any, <laughs> any, any on, smart man, don't waste your time with that mud show bull. Well, yeah, he says, any recommendations to help me get through an entire show? Just drink. I know, I know you're straight edge, Josh, but for us that aren't, just drink. It's the it's the best thing you can do. <laughs> That's funny. Um, here's the thing. I watch AW Dynamite twice before I record this show each and every oh, single. Oh, oh! You guys understand that, all right? You I watch Dynamite twice. You in poor, life. poor bastard. Oh, <laughs> I watch the show live to type out the outline and get little grasses and stuff that we'll talk about here on the podcast, right? Then I watch the second one for the transcript so I can write down the moves and all stuff and get more context stuff for when we do the segment. I spend five hours a week on Dynamite. I want you guys to understand that. You want you want to know what could help you out, brother? Uh, I'll tell you right now. Mute the commentary. Let's start off with that. Listen to music while the show's going on, and especially during picture and picture, because I think picture and picture is absolutely ridiculous, uh, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, uh, you could you could drink. I mean, you can go on a bender if you want. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I'd definitely say listen to music uh, during the show because my god, that commentary team fucking sucks. Um, <sighs> <laughs> I just had to say too, because I know Josh Jr. was the reason you got into broadcasting, and his he's yeah. gone downhill. Shivani is awful. 
um, Excalibur and you can go home and stay home. It's, yeah, Jay, Jay's the reason I'm doing this right now. I, I, I'm still a JR guy. I'll always be a JR guy to the day I die. Um, JR is the reason why I got into wrestling in the first place. It just sucks where things are right now with that concert booth. It, it sucks. Yeah, I will say, and we'll get into this too, but I thought MJF was hilarious during commentary last night. He was he was outstanding. Well, look what Sam just said. He's like, I tried to go through the show through 15 minutes, and he had to change the channel. Think about that. But yeah, people <laughs> on social media that tell you this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> if it but, wasn't for... But, but here's the thing. Me and you and Jim Cornette are the only people that just dog on AW just because... Whatever, yeah. You'd be surprised when I tweet out from the Wrestling Rumors accounts, which, by the way, I want you to follow at Wrestle Rumors. Um, and I tweet out. I mean, and, and I'm not shy about my opinions on Wrestling Rumors and and how I d- have a great dislike for AEW. And we get a lot of people that respond. They're like, actually, yeah, you're right. It's 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 not good. Like especially when I dog the Young Bucks. Like people's like, oh my god, yes, they're terrible. You know, Bob. Like so. It's 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 more people dislike AEW than you would think, I I think they're just not afraid to say it or whatever. Yeah, or they're right. afraid to say it or whatever. <laughs> Last question from uh, uh, Sam. He says, "What is your favorite Chris Jericho gimmick of all time?" Oh man, ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the suit and tie Jericho, uh, late two thousands or. Yeah, this year with CM Punk, just the, the slow talking, yep. old guy. I, that was my favorite Chris Jericho of all time. For me, dude, it was his WCW stuff when he was like doing the <laughs> list when he was doing like the thousand and four moves, all this stuff with Conan. Um, you know, like he would like bring out a baby Huey look with Ralphus. Oh God, when he couldn't find the end, like there was one they or he tried to feud with Goldberg, and um, it, to me, his WCW stuff was absolutely hysterical. It's still some of my favorite Y2J stuff. All right. We got one more question uh, for Sam. Uh, no, actually, we got three more questions, uh, but it comes from Nate. Nate is oh, our, Nate, oh, our boy, question. Nate. I love Nate. Yes. Nate the Great. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Psycho Nagiri. Uh, he says, Does, uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh oh. Does a CM Punk return still interests you i'll start off with you brother carter <laughs> so josh does a cm punk return uh intrigue me not only is it a no it's a oh hell no absolutely not i do not want to see that piece of trash on my television screen. I cannot stand Punk. I think he he. Well, we've talked about this before. I cannot stand CM Punk. I think that he is. He thinks he's above the business. I think that he's above. You know, he puts himself on this pedestal. Uh, I I just I think you know he 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 is in he's in professional wrestling for the wrong reasons. I'm not a fan of CM Punk at all. I do not want to see it. And when he go, you know, and if he goes to AEW, which will probably be what happens, you know, he'll he'll get his it'll get his major pop. It'll be great. He'll get his huge payday, and then he'll be gone again. Which is, I, to be fair, I would do that, and I'll give Punk credit. I would do that too because I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that garbage mud show promotion. Um, you know, if he can if he can convince Tony Khan to pay him a million dollars for one, you know, one appearance, more power to him. But 
no, I do not want to see CM Punk at all. He needs to go the fuck home, stay the fuck home, period. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Ace put it in the chat. We got Punk versus Cabana, uh, lawsuit versus lawsuit match. You know they would do that, too. You know that AEW Of course they that. would. Of course they would. This whole promotion is based and predicated on dirt sheets. Like, give me a break. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you like to see a CM Punk return, Josh? I, I like to see a CM Punk return. I, I don't want to see him on a freaking Outlaw Mud show. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'd rather see Punk in Impact than AEW. <laughs> Right. Let me tell you there. <laughs> I rest him in New Japan. How about this? What if he goes back to Ring of Honor? How about he goes to the NWA? What if CM Punk is the mass mystery man they've been uh, promoting on NWA mm-hmm. recently? I know you haven't been watching, but for those who do, <laughs> I'll just mention it out there. Like, be I, fine. I have next to zero interest in seeing him in AW. But guess what? He gets his pop from Chicago. He cuts a promo about WWE. He has a program with Kenny Olivier. And then what's next? And you know, and you know they're not going to put the title on him. You think Olivier is going to job to CM Punk? Of course he's not. No, honestly, CM Punk and Brian Danielson should go to New Japan, and it's not—it's not even close. Right. If they don't have to go to WWE, and here's the thing: would Punk rise up ratings for Raw or whatever? Sure. When he when you put CM Punk on SmackDown, I, I wouldn't. No. You got to, you got to let that stuff build out in time. If like you if you brought CM Punk back to WWE, why rush him into a program with Roman Reigns? That's like a WrestleMania type match. You don't just automatically put him on SmackDown like that. Besides, Punk would never go back because he's not you know he, he that's not his thing, and that's fine. Like I have no problems with that, but I just well, and I've I've said what I needed to say about Punk, but no, him and AEW. You know, they're going to try to bid him and Brian Danielson at, um, you know, what what is even their, what, what's their uh, uh, double or, no, what's their, what's, what's their big show? It's double or nothing, right? No, it's all out. All out, right, right, right. That's their, that's their WrestleMania is all out. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, Punk and Danielson are all out. Fine. You know, they'll, they'll have a 15 minute match. Like you said, the crowd will go ballistic and then what? That's the thing. Would I like to see my favorite wrestler back on TV? You're damn right. I would love to see CM Punk come back. But I'd rather see him in New Japan. That's just my opinion. Sure. Um, all right. <laughs> Good question, Nate. Absolutely. Good job, Nate. Where does Apollo Crews fit into the SummerSlam card? I'll tell you right now. Apollo Crews will lose the IC title to Kevin Owens at SummerSlam. I like it. I would like to see that very much. Because uh, – well, and we'll get into it with this week in WWE, but it looks like we're going to get that. Uh, we'll get, I'm guessing, Sami Zayn and Finn Balor. We'll go at it at SummerSlam. Most likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, I like, I like you that. You can make that a four-way if you want. Sure. I guess. Um, I, I agree with you, Ace. Uh, Brian will probably show up at the Arthur Ashe uh, Stadium show, the Grand Slam show they're doing in uh, Queens later on right. this year, Carter. I, yeah. I, I can see that happening. Um, we'll have to see. I, I I think it's more likely that Daniel Bryan will probably show up in AW and probably get his uh fi- final countdown song back that he had in uh Ring of Honor. You remember that from Europe? Mm-hmm. Final countdown. Oh, oh, did he? oh, that's cool. That was his song. Um, 
I'll probably see that happening. Um, and if that song were to play, you know the crowd would go nuts because all they would be the marks that would know that and would, oh my god. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what were we marketing for? Marks or Casavers? That's the thing. Um, <laughs> where, right. Where's the money? I've fought. Uh, let's get back to this question. Um, okay. What would you like to see a Paul Cruz fight at SummerSlam? I mean, I like the Kev- I like Kevin Owens. I think that's a great choice um, for them. Uh, you know, Owens is is uh, he's been you know one of their top guys for ever really since he did his program with John Cena for the last six years. He's been one of their top guys, one of their best uh, folks. So yeah, no, I would love to see uh, Kevin Owens win the Intercontinental Championship from Apollo Cruz at um, at SummerSlam. The only problem is then what does Apollo Cruz do from there? I mean, you can have a rematch with them at the next pay per view, but then. You got to figure out something for Paul Grease to do, but um, no, I, I agree with you, Josh. I like that call of Kevin Owens winning the title at SummerSlam. And it just goes back to the story when Aziz hit him with that Nigeria nail thing, and it mm-hmm. got Owens on like a little losing streak before he got into the money bank. I was oh, we're gonna get into the uh, money bank call this, but I thought he was this close for winning the match. I was really bummed out when he did it, but um, mm-hmm. it's that a little bit. Uh, last question for the po- uh, podcast this week. Do you want Samoa Joe to be the next NXT champion? Um, I'll be fine if he does, but also I'm not going to lose sleep if he doesn't beat Kerry Cross for the title. I feel like that loss should go to somebody that's currently on the roster. and But I can see from a believability standpoint that Joe would be the guy to send Cross off to Monday Night Raw. I can understand from that point, but it it's like a 50-50. If he does win, Cool. If he doesn't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. That, I, that's, that's just how I look at it. Yep. I, I couldn't have put it better myself, Josh. That's exactly how I feel about it. You know, I love carrying Cross, as you know. I love um, I love Samoa Joe. Glad he's back in NXT. But, um, no, I agree with you. If, if I'm indifferent uh, one way or the other on that. So, there you go. All right. Thank the boys for sending awesome questions. We, you guys and, girl, a, and girl, Sarah sent us a question, too. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Miss Sarah. You did a wonderful job as always. I appreciate you. Um, also, really quick on the wisdom part. I just wanted to share this out for everybody. Put a modicum on self-respect. Let's go throw that out there. Put a modicum on self-respect because if you don't respect yourself, nobody's going to respect you. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay? Absolutely. I love it. All right, let's do it. Let's get to this week in WWE. We're going to get into our Money Bank review uh, that just took place this past uh, Sunday in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, this is the first time we've recorded the show with the fans coming back, so I want to start off there really quick. Burkhart, first off, what do you think about the new stage uh, for WWE? And also, what was your thoughts with the fans coming back this weekend in general? You, you know... Over the last week, I've had the opportunity to uh, – I mentioned I went to a conference last week, and I got to be around a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. So that was really terrific. And just seeing the fans back this week, for it just – to me, it provided a sense of normalcy that we've all needed over the last 16 months. It's, it, it, it's a sign that we're, right. we are closer to being back to normal than we ever have been. And – it, it, it just there's something about the energy of the crowd, as, as we all know, that just like that Smackdown show. And I, and I had to watch it, you know, in bits and pieces as we went. But um, that was just hearing the first roar of the crowd when Vince came out just gave me goosebumps. I was so excited 
about having the fans being back and just providing a sense of normalcy. It, it, it was awesome. And I loved it. Uh, over these last three shows, I felt like wrestling is getting back to where it needs to be. And it's, it's, it's really uh, kind of, and I'm trying to think of the right word. It, it's, it's a representative, a representation of what the world is going to be looking like again in the next little while, especially as we get into the fall with football, you know, crowds are going to be back at football games. Uh, we saw that with the NBA finals, you know, if you got to see game six uh, a couple days ago with, you know, the arena being packed, the 60,000 people outside for watching Milwaukee win a championship. It to me was just a sign and kind of a reminder that we are closer to being back to normal than we ever have before. And that's, it's really, really exciting to see. I thought this was really cool. You just felt the energy with the crowds that are there for all three shows. Um, um, you know, the Vince reaction at the beginning, you know, as much as guy gets flack on social media and stuff, um, he they still pop for him every time he cuts on the, the shows. Um, my biggest takeaway from this weekend with the crowds that they cut back is that Twitter is not the ultimate indicator of what's over or not. It's not. You hear the reaction that Drew McIntyre got from Bayface reaction. You have people tell you, oh, he's going to get booed out of the building. <laughs> See what he did during the men's mind to bake ladder match. The people were on their feet cheering for the dude. And also what he did to poor Shinky. Man, Shinky. 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 <laughs> Man, that, that guy, he got molly whopped. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, you know, but then Shanky got Molly whopped on Raw the next. That's night. what I'm saying. Yeah, he got. Yeah, Molly. yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Drew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo. You saw, you saw the bruises on his. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, it was, uh, for some reason I thought you were talking about Drew at uh, Money in the Bank, but no. Oh, uh, he yeah, did. No, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, he got. Sl- oh, he got smashed. Ooh, over. Um, let's start off with uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, uh, real quick, just can I say about SmackDown real fast, Josh? Yeah. Really happy to see Finn Balor back. I think that that's uh, much needed, and I'm cool that we that you know he was able to revitalize his career in NXT during the pandemic, and um, I'm happy he's. I hope he gets a chance to shine on SmackDown because he's. I think he could be a main event player, and he could be a world champion again for sure. So happy, happy for Finn Balor. Hey, replacing Daniel Bryan with Finn Balor is never a bad thing. I think absolutely Balor, not. I, I think SmackDown means more baby faces, so I think him being on the brand is a good choice. So. Sure. And, and with the Prince gimmick, like I like how they did the Prince thing, you know, brought that up in NXT and now he's using the Prince thing on the main roster. So that's, that's awesome. So anyways, uh, we'll get, I just wanted to say that about SmackDown real quick. I was talking about the pay-per-view. Um, Shots to Houston was a great crowd. Fourth Worth, Texas was a great crowd as well. Yep. Um, they started off with the Usos and uh, Mysterios. Uh, Usos are now SmackDown tag team champions, seventh time tag team champions. Um, there was two really good tag team town matches on the show. Uh, but this one, for me, was my favorite one. I, I just love the match layout of this match. For the Even though it was on a pre-show, uh, it, it did feel like it. Uh, Dominic Mysterio is really good. I continue mm-hmm. to impress with him every time he's in the ring. And I feel like he gets better as the weeks go by. Uh, but I really love this match with the Usos and the Mysterios. The Usos are now your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. What are your thoughts on that? I love a great way to open the show. The Usos are fantastic. This was the right move, putting the titles on them. I then like the backstage segment. You can tell Jimmy's still not buying in to Roman Reigns. So <laughs> this 
this is going to create a little power struggle in the in the in the bloodline. So I like it. I, I just love the part uh, where like. <laughs> Roman's not not, not impressed <laughs> with the win of Tyler's. He's like, Jay, you decided to go home. And then he just, the look he gave Jimmy, <laughs> the kind of smirk where kind of hits me about the DUI stuff. I thought I had started crying laughing. He's like, Did you? <laughs> That's my way look as awesome. <laughs> uh, but that's great. That's that pretty funny. Side um, note, Josh, um, and I don't know. Uh, Naomi has been moved over to SmackDown, and I don't. So I don't know if she's going to get involved. So I don't know if she. And, and, and I've said this for a long time. She needs to get involved with the storyline. I think uh, somehow, and maybe she can be the kind of mediator between Jimmy and, and Roman. And maybe she ends up taking a bump accidentally or something like that. Like I could see that happening, and then then it's really on for later in the fall. What was your thoughts on the women's money in the bank ladder match, Nikki? I Nikki Cross, uh, I still call her Nikki Cross, but she won the Monday Big so we'll talk about what happened later on. But um, what was your thoughts on it? You know, I thought it was a good match. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think they were going to give her the briefcase, and that was really cool. I was like, oh, nice. And she got a great reaction from the crowd when she snuck up and went. Was like, everyone was like, oh. You know, they were very happy for Nikki A.S.H. I thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be Alexa Bliss. But I don't think she needs it, I guess. Uh, I will say she needs to get back with the Fiend ASAP because, I, I mean, I, I, we'll get into this when we get into Raw. But um, I, I, I was very happy for Nikki ASH. I thought there was some great action. Um, I, I, I was, and we'll get into, the, into this when we talk about Raw. You know, I, I, I was sad that we didn't get to see some of the folks that were in that match on Raw this, you know, the, the, the following week. Like, Oscar wasn't on the show and, and that sort of thing. So... I just worry about that. But overall, I thought it was a really great match. I enjoyed it and uh, very happy for Nikki A.S.H. for sure. I thought that was a great, great win for her and I uh, really enjoyed that very much. So that's a little Morgan waterfall, by the way. Um, yes. Yes. Cool. Um, originally, my pick was Alexa Bliss. Um, I, I, was, I was wondering if she was going to do like some hocus pocus stuff after she got buried under those ladders towards the end of the match. But um, yeah, you know, I'll compliment Nikki for the fact that she was just capitalizing and being smart. I mean, so many times we talk about these finishes and roll-ups and stuff that make wrestlers look stupid uh, in matches, but you also got to give credit when the wrestlers are just smart. <laughs> you know, you got all the ladies uh, cat fighting and stuff on the ladder trying to get their fingers on it. She just, you know, just subtly, you know, doing her own thing and snatches the briefcase. So. Uh, you got a couple of people with their uh, under uh, what was it P's and Q's? Is that what, what is that the phrase? Yeah, P's and Q's. Yes, uh, so uh, Nikki won the 2021 Women's Mind the Bank ladder match. Um, before we get to the rest of the show, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Pat McAfee and Michael Cole, not Matt. Nick McCool, but <laughs> Mike, the real Michael Cole. Uh, they're a really good um, commentary team. And also, really quick, I, I like Jimmy Smith. I think he's been doing a good job, but Corey Graves needs a muzzle, man. That dude overtalks him on every Raw match. And, like, sometimes I forget whether uh, Jimmy Smith's the play by play guy or Corey Graves is. I love Graves. Don't get me wrong. I think he's awesome at what he does, but. Um, 
he kind of over talks Jimmy Smith sometimes. Kind of like it's kind of similar to how like JBL was with Mauro Dallo, in my opinion. Uh, but um, yeah, that's some quick thoughts, really quick there from uh, me. Uh, wait for Bert Carter to get back here on the screen. Uh, all right, let's. I'll go over the next uh, match in the show, which was AJ Styles and almost against the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team titles. Uh, I was happy that Ivar and Eric were able to have some time to tell their story in the ring. I thought this was a match as well. And almost is pretty impressive. Uh, I got to say, almost is pretty good for uh, his size. And uh, AJ Styles and almost retained as the right choice. Uh, definitely looks like they'll fight uh, Randy Orton and. Matt Riddle at SummerSlam. So uh, I was fine with that. I, I thought it was a decent match as well. Uh, before we get to the rest of the paper, what was your overall thoughts of the show as a whole? What are your thoughts? I, you know, I, Josh, I thought it was a good show overall. And, you know, for me, and I put this out on Twitter, I think this weekend we should just, and I know this isn't going to happen because one thing that I've also learned is that nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. Like that's nobody hates professional wrestling more than the fans themselves, uh, based on what you see on reactions. This weekend was not about booking and your people winning and what you thought creative should do. This weekend was just about enjoying the fact that it's we're just putting on fun shows. The energy in the crowd for all three of those shows was wonderful. Starting this week on SmackDown, we'll complain about booking again. Well, we won't, but. You, you can you can you have a right to start complaining about booking again next week if you want, but this was just about having fun and the energy and the excitement. I enjoyed the show from top to bottom. I thought it was great. Um, there was some nice high points in every single one of the matches. You know, did did did, did the I, I you know your person may not have won and that's okay. Like it's that's not what this was about this weekend. So it was just about energy and bringing the fans back. And so for me, I thought that the WWE did their job. And I thought that I just enjoyed watching a show with fans again. And I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree with your uh, sentiment. And then, you know, oh, Karrion Cross lost to Jeff Hardy at Raw. And, oh, we're back to WWE, back to being a bottom barrel promotion. Like, give me a break. You, you know what happened on SmackDown and Mike Bake? Be watched aside just because Carrie Cross lost on Raw. Like, come on. Okay. Uh, you know, if, if, if that's how you really feel, boy, have I got a promotion for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the other part of the show. Um, let's talk about Bobby Lashley. Bob, Bob, uh, speaking about Molly Lops and stuff, uh, Bobby Lashley. Ran through Kofi Kingston like a bad habit. Uh, I've talked about this in the SD Money in the Bank review show with Andrew Baydal, where uh, I'll say that my takeaway for the pay is that WWE was setting a tone for both brands. I think they needed to set a tone with Bobby Lashley being a Dominic world champion in front of the fans, uh, uh, front of the fans again. And yep. um, they did that and they made it look like an unstoppable beast. Sure, he had a, a long, drawn out 20 minute match with Kofi and he gets offense and stuff like that. Sure. But I I thought it was more emphatic that Lashley being up the way he did on Sunday. That match went exactly how it needed to go um, to establish him as a dominant heel. You know, I was starting to get some Brock Lesnar type vibes uh, from Bobby Lashley in a different way, obviously. But um, I was starting to get that. I actually have. Uh, 
I've got uh, some of the, resu- uh, the results here in the Times. The match lasted seven minutes and 34 seconds. And Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah, and Bobby Lashley defeated Kane. That, that went exactly how it needed to go, especially with what happened on Raw the next night, you know, uh, with, um, you know, what happened when he defeated Keith Lee and then Goldberg came out. So we'll get into all that. But uh, but so I, 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 I thought that ex- that went exactly how it needed to go. What was the match again before this one? I'm trying to remember. The tag team title match, I think it was, wasn't it? Did Lashley Kofi go third? Yeah, that, that, they did. They did. Yep. We'll, we'll go to the next one. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Oh, this should be interesting. <laughs> uh, if that match is not clear cut that Charlotte Flair is the best in-ring female wrestler in the world. I, I don't know what else to tell you. There's no woman in the business today that would turn the crowd the way she did from a storytelling aspect in the ring. You want to know why I love Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, why that was my favorite women's match last year from last year's WrestleMania? Because the stuff they put in the ring, I really felt like this is the match that we were, gonna, we were originally supposed to see at WrestleMania, COVID did decide to pop up in our lives, uh, but but we're here. We had we finally had Rhea and Charlotte in front of fans, and this was my second favorite match of the show for me. I loved it that much. I want to give shout out to Rhea because she did an amazing job as well in this match. But again, Charlotte Flair is the measuring stick in the ring when it comes to female wrestlers in WWE, and it's it's not close. Correct. She is the. She is the measuring stick. She is the current goat, uh, you know. And I and we've talked about this many times on this show, Josh. Right now, in her prime, she is the greatest female wrestler of all time. And it's it's not it's not to me it's not close. Like, well, I mean, you can make an argument for Trish. You can make an argument for Lita because of their contributions to women's wrestling and really being trailblazers during their time. Right. But to me, Charlotte Flair is uh, th- th- she's she is head and shoulders above everyone else in the world right now. She's fantastic. Um, Rhea Ripley did a great job too. I love that that pairing of them together. I think it's terrific. Charlotte becomes your four, uh, 11-time world champion. Woo! I love it. Um, I, I think she is she is a standard bearer. And, and we'll get into this too, but I don't think she's going to be competing for a championship at SummerSlam. I really don't. I think she might. Oh, really? Okay. Because I, I can see me a triple threat match with uh, with the man. No, I don't think. Really? The, I don't think the man's gonna be at SummerSlam. Interesting. I'll hold. I'll hold hope that she shows up in Chicago, but if she doesn't. She's not gonna be at SummerSlam. I will say this though, Josh. Um, when she was, when Charlotte was given the crotch chops and flicking off the crowd, and they cut off with Peacock for seven, I was like, "That's awesome!" Like I was laughing my ass off. I thought that was absolutely terrific. Right. That was great. So, but now Charlotte is the best. She's an amazing heel. She's an amazing performer. Bravo to her and Rhea on another fantastic match. All right, let's talk about the men's money in the big ladder match. Uh, I mentioned it last week on the podcast. Uh, this was I had a chance to be one of the best men's money bank ladder matches in the last four to five years, and they definitely did not disappoint. Uh, we did ran, I did run into certain uh, issues with a uh, a bird app. 
a bird style app uh, that took on Sunday night. And um, I was lucky to catch the, the majority of the match for what it was uh, halfway through. But some of the spots, uh, the ricochet, you know, Riddle's trying to tip uh, the ladder over it, and Ricochet does a springboard, uh, some plunge into the outside. That was absolutely insane. Uh, that, like, what they say? You know how you do, like, a hot tag, and the guy does the zillion moves? Whenever McIntyre got his series of moves, I thought that was awesome, what he did in that match. And then, um, you know, man, I, I was really bummed out. I really wanted Kevin Owens to win. I'm happy that Biggie won, but I, I really want KO to win. But the Rollins powerbomb through the ladder bridge uh, towards the end oh, of the brutal. That was brutal. Uh, uh, what I like about Ricochet, Josh, is that he doesn't go crazy over the top all the time. Like that's like so when it happens every once in a while, it's really special. As yeah. opposed to when it happens on television every single week, it's the same spot every single week, and the crowd, the 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 marky nimrod twitter fans still go ballistic for it every single time it's like when ricochet does it it's rare and i was like oh wow that's really cool you mm -hmm. know use it sparingly so it's more special uh one thing was missing from this match uh despondent uh depressed baron corbin <laughs> folks <laughs> please don't need to go fuck me <laughs> help the brother out that's so funny. Oh, God. It's so funny. He's great. He's great. I love Baron Corbin. That was hilarious. I thought I thought they had the right finish here where um, Biggie planted Rollins with the big ending off the ladder. Rollins was the right guy to finish off that match. And then having Biggie catch a briefcase, you heard a reaction. You saw the reaction on social media for other promotions. And Biggie is – uh, he earned his opportunity, and we'll see what he does with it. Uh, so, That's moment. Yeah, I was so happy for Big. I I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be. Uh, I actually thought it was going to be Drew McIntyre was going to get the win. Um, but then I rem during the match, I re I didn't see what happened on SmackDown when he or on Raw, excuse me, when he destroyed Jinder's motorcycle. So I for I forgot about that in making my pick, but. So I, but I'm so super happy for Biggie. I, I was not expecting that. Uh, he has deserved it. He's earned it. Um, I almost feel like he has to cash in on Lashley. I don't know if he can cash because if he cashes in on Reigns, he's going to lose. I think, anyways. So you've got. I think he's got to cash in on Lashley. I don't know when, but um, I, I think that's the move at that point is to cash in on Lashley. But great, 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 um, great match. Uh, one of my favorite match might be my favorite match of the night and um it was like you said it had potential to be one of the best of all time and i thought it delivered and congratulations to biggie he's deserved his opportunity speaking of the tribal chief let's talk about his match with the rated r superstar <laughs> uh yeah roman reigns and edge was uh a, a master class of storytelling and match layouts and a heavyweight title match if you want to call that um, Roman Reigns is the man. Um, a big shout to Edge. I thought he was fantastic in this match. Uh, obviously, I, we knew that Roman, Roman was going to retain, but that when the referee was laid out and Edge hit that counter spear, mm -hmm. Roman, I thought just that two count really got me off my seat. Like, yep. 
Uh, it was a really good match. The layout wasn't what needed to be. Seth Rollins cost Edge the Universal title. So uh, you got your big grudge match for SummerSlam right there with those two guys. So that should be really cool. We'll see what they do tomorrow night on SmackDown. But uh, the story here, man, Roman Reigns retains, and out comes uh, John Treadle. It's all in the family. I, I get, SmackDown is the home of family reunions, and it's a Fast and Furious reunion. We got John Toretto. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got Hobbs' cousin in the building. It, it's all in the family. We, you, all the Vin Diesel means. Sure, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> At the family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have. Do you think they could do a Vin Diesel one time on the show, or like do a vignette or something like that? I think that'd be cool. I really would. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, John Cena came out. Um, he made his intentions clear on the Raw that happens on Mondays. Um, he, he said that he's going to go at the Roman Reigns and the Universal Title. Uh, Michael Cole got ultra ultra excited uh, when John Cena came out, but. Uh, just that pop and all the reactions. This was shared on Sports Center and a bunch of other places too. So uh, this is a, a very, very special moment, and it was a really cool way to wrap up that pay per view. It was a perfect way, Josh. Again, first major event since the fans came back, and that they went ballistic for John Cena. Like that was crazy. Um, Jim Cornette talked about this. I mean, this just proves how still over John Cena is with everybody. Like it's, you know, people love to hate him or hate to love him or, or love to love him or whatever. Oh, but, thank you. Right. Or hate to hate him. You know, it's, it's all a combination of all four of those things. Um, he's such a polarizing figure and he's, it was a very, very special moment. Side note, Josh, um, Pat McAfee has already established himself as one of the best WWE commentators of all time. Like he yes. is yes. absolutely fantastic. His line of the night, man. Edge's eyes are twitching like it's peacock. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, that was absolute genius! Genius, he's the man. <laughs> yeah, and Michael Cole, I believe, has said in an interview that Pat McAfee has revitalized Michael Cole's career. So, yeah, they had the Cole, Mike, Michael Cole appeared on Pat's uh sports show the next day and they had a a really good conversation. I had a chance to see it. Go on your way to watch it. He's right. He has revitalized his career. Really has. Um, but overall, I, I, I agree with you, Brooke. I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. Uh, I thought it was a tone-setting show for WWE as they're going back on tour. And I thought they hit every nail they need to hit on and bring people to the next step of their story. So uh, it was just a fun show. Shots of Fort Worth for being a great crowd. I never heard of the Dickies Arena in my life. Uh, <laughs> so it was, it was cool. They had a, a good show down there. And then um, uh, tomorrow, that's recording this on a Thursday, we're having a simulcast show. So I know some people are in Cleveland are going to be probably pissed off that some of these matches are going to be airing in Miami. But uh, – they're doing a the joint venture that, I mean, honestly, who really wants to spend that much time in Cleveland if we're being really honest? <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I, just, I just have to call it safe, safe here. But uh, but we have SmackDown both in Cleveland at the Rocket, was it now called the Rocket Mortgage Arena, something like that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. 
they're they're in Cleveland, and also they're having SmackDown taking place at the Rolling Loud Festival in Miami. It's a hip hop uh, festival. Lots of marijuana and weed and all that will be consumed. Um, proceed cautiously. Be my advice for people going down there. But <laughs> yeah, they're gonna big uh, SmackDown show there tomorrow. So we'll see what's going right. on there. Before we get to that, really quick, what was your takeaways from Raw? Good, bad, and different? Go ahead. Oh, can you say that one more time, Josh? You cut out for a second there. Can you say that Back one more time? Up. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, what was your takeaways from Raw? Good, bad, or indifferent? You know, Raw was fine. Uh, it was it, it, to me. It felt like kind of a quote unquote typical Raw show. You know, just kind of pacing. I was kind of hoping there would be the energy of the Raw after Mania, but it was sort of there, but it sort of wasn't. But um, you know, I think we saw some expected surprises, some unexpected surprises. Very happy to see Keith Lee back. I think that was absolutely terrific. I, you know, I've been a big fan of Keith Lee for. For, for quite some time. Um, my, my only disappointment about carrying cross and I know, and it wasn't the fact like his program with Jeff Hardy, fine. Him losing to Jeff Hardy. Fine. Like I have no problems with that. That's fine. I hope that we get to see Scarlet because carrying cross with, to me, and, and maybe it's just because of, you know, how I've seen it for so long and that, you know, they're pairing to me, carrying cross without Scarlet doesn't work. And, you know, I, I think you got to have a little bit more of a darker entrance. You know, his entrance needs to be a little bit more ominous to it. Um, and I know they were just kind of testing the waters this week. But I, to me, carrying cross without Scarlet doesn't work. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that we get to see that. But overall, I enjoyed the show. Um, Nikki A.S.H. cashing in was wonder- wonderful. Um, I, was hope- I-, I hope they would have uh, kept the briefcase offer for a, or, you know, on her for a little while longer. But um, but uh, but a uh, great moment for her to close Raw, and uh, overall I enjoyed the show. I think right now Raw really needs to um, take a step back and think about what they're going to do with match pairings when they're doing these shows now in front of fans. Because you know doing the rematches, the opponent of rematches and stuff worked for what it was for me with the Dome, like. Like for me, I don't get personally offended when I see a lot of rematches on TV shows. It's easy for me from a transcription point of view. But you're going to different crowds, you're going to different towns every week now. I don't know how much you could do three or four rematches on a three hour show every sure. single week, You know, um, I don't have the answers. Obviously, I'm not a booker. I've never been to wrestling business, but I think they really need to take a step back and re- reevaluate the formatting ways they have a Raw specifically. And um, as far as the cross stuff is concerned, I, all I'm going to say about that is let it play out. Um, yeah. uh, there's a double edged reaction there. Let's say Cross choked out Jeff Hardy. And then the bitch fest would be, oh, I can't believe they're still doing this to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Jeff Hardy should go to AEW. You know, I wouldn't book that match in particular, but, you know, you got a reaction out of people. Right. It it served its purpose. And here's the thing. Cross is going to get over on his own terms. I believe in this guy. I don't get the fickle hate that he's getting on social media. Why? Because he doesn't do a fucking Canadian destroyer or reverse her Karana in his moveset. Like, look at the dude. He, he, not, I'm not going to get into it, but <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'd say let that thing play out. But uh, the stuff with John Cena and Matt Riddle in the beginning, I thought. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Um, Johnny Johnny Drip Drip is over. (laughs) It's not just us there loving it. Johnny Drip Drip is over. But um, I I think my biggest takeaway, I thought Raw was okay. I didn't think it was horrible or anything like that. Uh, I just thought it was just a show to wrap up the weekend for what it was. And seeing Nikki cash in the briefcase at the end, I thought it was really nice and a good moment for her, for her career. To have that in front of Cross, because you never know what pops up next. You don't know what the next pandemic is, what the, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I was happy for her that she uh, got her moment there. You know what I think is interesting, Josh, and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, mm. but neither of us, when we thought about Raw, brought up Goldberg. I was about to bring up Goldberg. Oh, you were? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> my favorite part of Raw was <laughs> the Goldberg. Oh, okay. My fault. My, my bad. I, plus six back on your performance evaluation, Josh, because the director of operations made a mistake. Well, he didn't make a mistake. He was testing you because the director of operations doesn't make mistakes. That's, that's, that's not part of my, me on my toes. I appreciate it. That's, that's right. It's a part of my job description is mistakes are not part of my job description. So anyway, <laughs> just saying. All right. Um, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Listen to that crowd when he came out. No indifference. There, I heard the Goldberg chants. Like, oh, they're just piping in Goldberg chants. <laughs> my my friend Blake Mitchamore, who was at the show uh, on Monday, the, Goldberg had probably the, the loudest reaction out of everybody that came out that night besides Sean Cena. I'm intrigued with this. I, I kind of am. Now, here's the thing. What I'm intrigued about is what's going to happen at SummerSlam because, no, I don't think that Billy Goldberg is going to beat Bobby Lashley. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm curious to see how that match ends. I threw out the idea of Lashley beating Goldberg with the F5. I just think that'd be (laughs) pretty funny and a nice. (laughs) But that's just Joshi's opinion. That's that's what I would do. Uh, But, okay. (sighs) Yeah, we're bummed out that, you know, we're not going to get Brock Lesnar and Lashley. I, I understand that. I don't think you have enough time to build up Keith Lee to the point where he, he's warrant of that WWE 10 match. I was happy that he came back and all that, but you need a lot of time to get it back to a main, main event level, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So when you look at what's going on at Raw, and I don't know if Goldberg has this thing in his contract where it's an incentive where every time he has a match, it has to be for the Universal Champion or for, for a world title. I don't know if that's in his contract or not, but it seems to be that case. But I had two things that were going to happen. Either it was going to be Goldberg or I thought Bray Wyatt was going to go after Bobby Lashley. Those were my two thoughts then. But for me, I am not going to throw a hissy fit about Goldberg fighting Bobby Lashley. If, if this is a way for Lashley to have a match that appeals to casual viewers at a SummerSlam show, I'm fine with this. Is this something that I'm marking out for? Do I need to see Goldberg in a world title match again? No. But I'm not going to come in here and throw a hissy fit like a two-year-old. <laughs> really? Goldberg again? Goldberg again? <laughs> like, and it hits me. I love wrestling fans, especially those wrestling media, media members that try to speak for the entire audience. Oh, nobody cares about Goldberg. No, sir. You don't care about Goldberg. Let, 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 let's be correct here, okay? <laughs> You don't speak for me, pal. So um, this is my favorite part of me because of the Twitter reaction. I kind of chuckle 
when Twitter gets under feelings sometimes. I'll be honest with you guys. I, I do. I actually tweeted that out, Josh, from the Wrestling Room account. I tweeted out, my favorite part about Goldberg's return was seeing Twitter's overreaction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's funny. Um, so I'll, I'll just say this about the Goldberg thing. Uh, I, I, I'm intrigued. I mean, I, I loved Goldberg, you know, watching WCW back in the day and um, in his early run of WWE when he was facing Triple H. Um, I, I am intrigued by this. I, I, I don't think there's any way that he wins the WWE championship at SummerSlam. I just, I mean, I don't see that happening. But um, if this is the way to kind of really elevate Bobby Lashley even more to like, oh, he beat a, a Hall of Famer. And I think he should do it in convincing fashion, too. You know, I honestly, I'd be OK if he beat Goldberg within three minutes. You know, I think that would be completely fine. Um, you know, and that's WWE needs these big kind of things because they, they want to treat this SummerSlam like a WrestleMania because in a way it is because it's like second biggest pay-per-view of the year. First major, like, it's it's a major, one of the top, you know, the top five events, the big five, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Well, no, Money in the Bank was too. So, I guess it's it's, it's number two show of the year. Second biggest show of the year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, second biggest show of the year. And it's with fans. So, I, I, I they want to do something big. So, I get the attraction of Goldberg versus Lashley. I get it. Um, and then we'll see what happens uh, going into the fall. But it'll be interesting to see. To who who would be next? <laughs> Pun intended. Who's next after Goldberg? You know, I'd say, man, bring back Waylon Mercy. Got to bring back Bray Wyatt and the Buzzards. <laughs> I think I think so too. I guess I mean, well, and if you look at the roster, who who would who would be the next legitimate challenger? Uh, I like. I mean, besides Bray Wyatt, I like that. Uh, Drew McIntyre can't. Right. Um, and you got a bunch of heels on the roster. Think about that too. And all the other guys that you would think like an AJ Styles or Randy Orton during tag teams. Mm-hmm. And I don't think right now you put Damian Priest in a position for the world title yet. That's just me. Yeah. I, I'd rather see him against Sheamus right now than him I against would. Yeah, I would too. But like you said, Josh, who who are the major who are the major faces on Raw right now? Yeah, you just got you gotta be realistic and look at the bigger picture than oh it's Goldberg. Oh, of course, this is lazy booking. Whatever the fuck that means. Uh, All right, let's wrap it up with this. Um, Tomorrow night, we got SmackDown, like I said, in uh, the dump known as Cleveland, Ohio, and they got the Rolling (laughs) Loud Festival. But um, they did say that Bianca and Carmella will have their SmackDown Women's Tower Match rematch in Miami. So it's cool. Bianca will show up there. And guess what? All those Sasha Bink fans are going to be happy because they're really they're really bummed out this weekend that, that she didn't show up at Money in the Bank or SmackDown. Guess what, folks? You get your precious girl back. Sasha Banks will be back on SmackDown. I'm putting it right now in the Rolling Loud thing. She'll be in Miami in return. And you're going to get Bianca and Sasha at SummerSlam. So you got three box office matches right off the bat. You got Roman Reigns against John Cena. You got Edge against Seth Rollins, and you got Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Three box office matches right out the gate for the first week of build for SummerSlam. That's just business. Right. And, <laughs> and there's going to be more coming. Did you? Uh, sorry, Josh. My mind was like, did you say uh, we're getting Rain Cena? Is that the one you said? Yeah, Rain Cena. Yeah, yeah. So now we're probably going to add to that. Lastly, Goldberg is probably going to happen. Uh, Damian Priest versus Sheamus. Sami Zayn versus Finn Balor. Like. 
Randy Orton and uh, Matt Riddle against AJ Styles and Omos. Right. Um, Usos against – I would actually love to see Usos versus the Street Profits for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I think that could be awesome. Yeah. Yes, that would be cool. Even if, I'm, I'm guessing they'll get Mysterio and the Mysterios one more time because of the storyline. But, I again, I would love to see um, – I want to see uh, – the uh, Street Profits versus the Usos. I think that could be really cool. And I'm really excited to see this Roman Reigns and uh, John Cena conversation uh, on SmackDown tomorrow. And then Me too. We'll see what goes down with Edge and Seth Rollins as well. By the way, folks, make sure to watch NXT UK. I want to give that a plug really quick. And also want to mention, for the love of God, split up Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Yes. God. Um, I will say one thing, Josh, last uh, thing. Reginald is actually a really good choice to be the 24-7 champion. He is because of, you know, he does all the flips and all that kind of shit. So that's good because he can, he can avoid and evade all of the people chasing him for that title. Yeah. By the way, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. That's why I make sure. Yes. Get Nia away from Shayna. Please. Sooner rather than later. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. I want to run down this really quick before we get to our main event segment. I hope you got the music ready for oh, us. Oh I, oh, I have the music. I just hope you'll be able to hear it. But Oh, yes, I have the music. Okay. Slammiversary took place uh, oh. past Saturday. It was a very busy weekend for me, article-wise. But um, Slammiversary was last Saturday. And um, we had a couple of things that happened on this program. For example, we have new knockouts tag team champions as the Decay defeated Kiera Hogan and Tasha Seals. Uh, new knockouts tag team champions. Uh, crazy Ultimate X match that had Josh Alexander retain. Um, they did a Canadian, just like they did like a Doomsday device style Canadian destroyer in the match, which was absolutely insane. That, I don't know how the hell they pulled that off, but uh, <laughs> that, that was an awesome match. And then uh, Matt Cardona and his uh, fiance Chelsea Green, made her return to Impact Wrestling. That was one of the big surprises that they're teasing. So Chelsea Green is in Impact. Uh, they defeated Sunia Dashwood and Brian Myers. <sighs> Brian Myers is so fucking overrated. I, <laughs> I don't want to get her about this right now. Um, <sighs> Big Cass, a.k.a. William Morrissey, defeated Eddie Edwards. I was surprised by that. Um, we saw a return of New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, Finn Juice. David Finley and Juice Robinson had a random impromptu match with Mad Matt Fulton and Mahabali Shara. That was what it was. Um, Chris Saban had a pretty good match with Moose. Chris Saban won via roll-up. Uh, that was another um, match that I thought Moose was going to win that one, but um, they went with the Daniel Bryan of Impact. <laughs> Uh, and Chris Saban. So, I mean, they look the same. I mean, right. <laughs> I can't get too much flack about that. Uh, we have new Impact World Tag Team Champions, the Goof Brothers, uh, defeated Violet by Design, um, Rich Juan and Willie Mack, and Follow Ba. And no way, no way, Jose, no way, Jose is in Impact Wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, okay. 
that was before we matched the Goof Brothers one. Uh, I feel bad for Violent by Design because I've actually been liking what they're doing. Violent by Design is Eric Young's faction in Impact. I've liked what they've been doing over the last couple of months, and I don't know why they switched the titles. So that was a little odd to me. And then uh, the last few matches here, uh, we had a, the big surprise, in my opinion, of the show, besides what happened at the end, was uh, we had Diana Perazzo against Thunder Rosa for the knockouts championship. This is Thunder Rosa's first appearance on Impact, so that was a really cool surprise. They had a really good match with Diana Perazzo, still your Impact knockouts champion. Mickey James came out to the ring after the match and uh, invited uh, Diana to par- participate in the first ever NWA all-women's pay-per-view in power, which will be taking place later on next August, uh, next month in August in St. Louis. Uh, they're doing two pay-per-views that, that weekend. NWA in power, on a Saturday, I think, and then the 73rd anniversary show the next day. So uh, that's cool. going on with the NWA. Um, and then finally, we had a no disqualification match with Kenny Olivier and Sammy Callahan. I really wanted Sammy to win. I really did. Uh, I'm over the belt collector nonsense. Don Callis is good on commentary. I will say that, but when he does promos for Olivier, like we heard on AEW last night, that's when my ears start going in a different direction. But awesome. uh, yeah, Kenny Olivier did retain. Uh, there's dump tags, barbed wire, blood. Both of them had prison masks. Um, uh it it was what it was um olivia retained and then uh, we had the uh, reveal of jay white who's also part of bullet club the original bullet club uh for Mm -hmm. in new japan pro wrestling um he walked down to the ring we didn't get any indication of whether he was going to challenge kenny omega for the title the show just randomly went off air the preview and (laughs) the paper just went off air like it was really odd how they rushed that out. So I guess they were trying to go for a cliffhanger, but we'll see what happens tonight at Impact Wrestling as I'm recording this on a Thursday. So um, I thought San Versi was good. I wouldn't say it was a great pay-per-view, uh, but I did not think the show was worth 50 bucks, in my opinion. That's just, that's just uh, a lot of hype about uh, recently released WWE performers, yet those were the surprises that they had on the show. Um I don't know. Uh, well, and, I, I don't know much about Jay White. From what I understand, that's a big deal, that Jay White is very good. Jay White is very good. Jay White is one of the best guys from uh, that's been in Bullet Club that were not part of the original group. I love Jay White. Jay White's one of my favorite heels in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He reminds me a lot of Triple H uh, in a lot of ways and how he wrestles and how he uh, conducts himself. But for me... My biggest takeaway with this is, and this is going to be a good transition when we get to AW. There's a lot of buzz right now about everything surrounding AW, and oh, this is a great time to be a wrestling fan, and oh, we're going to get these big dream matches. My concern is that, okay, you run into a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club angle, right? They get into a few with each other in AW. You do that, and then what's next? CM Punk shows up in AW, fights Kenny Olivier or John Moxley on a show. Then what's next? The same thing applies to Daniel Bryan. I feel like we're being clouded by what would work from a fancy booking standpoint than longevity. If you want sustainability with AW and Impact, 
end this freaky partnership because neither company are benefiting from it. And right. for me, I just feel like, okay, you're going to get into these nice little fancy-ass, uh, fancy-booking dream matches, and then what happens after that? And it's just a shoulder shrug. And it, it's, it's really telling that AEW needs all these WWE stars and matches that are being booked by social media and Dave Seltzer uh, <laughs> and the company still doesn't have an identity. Maybe it's just me. I, I think that's a problem. I really do. I think it's a problem. So um, really quick, that was my recap of Slammiversary. It's time to give the people what they want. Huh? Yes. It's, it's been a while since we've done this, Josh. I'll get the music here fired up. It's been a while, but hopefully you can hear it. Here we go. Perfect. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Here's a hint, Josh. The answer is everything. <laughs> All welcome, right, Josh. Welcome, everybody, to What the Hell is Wrong with AEW, brought to you by uh, the Wrestling Observer and Fightful Select. Um, uh, premium where you're behind a paywall for these scoops anyways <laughs> okay so josh let me preempt this by saying i have not watched all elite wrestling in a month i took a month away from aew i you watched lucky a soul. Uh -huh. you lucky soul <laughs> uh, yes i know it's and if, if it wasn't for our segment i wouldn't watch aew at all because i just every week i just find myself getting more and more annoyed by this program but i took a month off thought maybe when fans come back they'll be they'll get some kinks worked out no it's the same old shit that we see every single week from this godforsaken promotion so let's get into it josh what the hell is wrong with aew i have a question for you to open the show so we get into what is it jericho's five labor is the labors of jericho or whatever so jericho so sean spears can use a chair but jericho can't like to me, that stipulation makes absolutely no sense. And then during the match, you know, how is it that the referees do not see what? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, no, that was, I think that was a later match. But it was the referees could clearly not see what is going on. I think they might have been the Gallows match and not this one. But yep. th there was something in this match where the referee did something that made absolutely no sense to me. So I, I, I just can't under I can't with this officiating crew in in in, in AEW. But um, this this mismatch make no sense to me. So they're clearly going to have Jericho beat all the members of the Pinnacle, while not not members of the Pinnacle now, based upon who his second opponent is going to be. And we'll get to that here in a second. But then he's obviously going to lose to MJF at the very end. So why would MJF want to stay with the Pinnacle? After this feud, because like, well, I'm clearly better than all of you, blah, 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 blah. This is Booker of the Year, pal, right here. You know, like, it's, it's, this storyline is ridiculous. The match was fine. I, I had no problems with the match overall. It was kind of slow and kind of meh, but the match was fine. It didn't bother me in any way, but I, I, to me, this storyline is ridiculous and makes no sense. So, uh, what did you think? Let, let, let me start off with this. It was a really rough night for, officiating in zebras on AW. A rough. Oh. And it was even worse as I watched the show back and did the transcript. I have to say this. I messaged this to you last night on Facebook Messenger. All due respect 
to Tony Schiavone. But if I never have to hear him call another wrestling match again in my life, I'll be happy. You know the part where um, Spear uh, Jericho did the backslide and the, the oh that that was three. Right? That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and there was another spot in the match where Sean Spears. Uh, I think he did like one of his running like Death Valley driving moves or whatever. And uh, MJF was complaining about the the count from the referee, right? And Tony Schiavone's like, what do you mean? It was the consistent Aubrey Edwards count. What? what? That doesn't exist. That does not exist. That's not a I'm thing. Like, if, if, if referee Tony is watching this or listening to this later on and he heard that, I wonder what the expression on his face would be because I've never heard more blasphemous Grade A homogenized Holstein bullshit than that. A consistent Aubrey Edwards count? Are you blind? I, I know you wear glasses, so I get. I, I already know the answer to that question. But uh, what? A consistent Aubrey Edwards count? What show are we watching here? I don't My know. God. So. Consistent. That that may be the quote of the year. A consistent Aubrey Edwards count. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the match, MGM starts talking crap about Chris Jericho. Right? I there was one line that MGM said earlier during the match, and that was funny. You know, this is the five flavors of Jericho. But when you look at Jericho, it looks like he's been. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. The, the other line he had that I thought was hilarious, but what do you call a hot girl in Dallas? A oh. tourist. <laughs> that was hot. That was awesome. You should pull up the uh, the churro line uh, that Charles Barkley does. Oh, yeah. Man, them things are good, Ernie. <laughs> they be whipping up them churros. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah. He was – Okay, I will say, Josh, he was great. I, MJF uh, on commentary was the best thing that on this was show. hilarious. I loved it. He was at least he was the best thing on this show for, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. But um, yeah, Chris Jericho won. What did he do? I, I'm still not a fan of the Judas effect. I think it's a shitty looking move to be honest with you. Uh, and then we found out we're gonna get more macho wrestling next week as we're. AW presents Fight for the Fallen with a, a, a well-known felon on the broadcast. Right. Uh, so we're going to have Chris Jericho against Nick Gage in a no-disqualification match as Chapter 2 of this ridiculous uh, series continues. Uh, I've seen Nick Gage. Uh, I had never transcribed a match of his because uh, I – I feel like my standards are above than outlaw butt show freaks and CZW nonsense. Um, so for me, I've heard of him. I saw his dark side of the ring special, all of that. Again, getting monetary, uh, minute, getting minimal buzz with no long term gain. This guy is an internet hardcore wrestling fan sensation. He gets his 15 minutes of fame next week. And then what's next? You know what? You know what I'm getting at here? Yeah, of scene? course. Of course. Like, everybody's like, oh my God, seeing fucking Darren Bryant show up in AW, it's going to cause a seismic shift in wrestling. No, it's not. What's that? They're, they're going to they're gonna have one match and then move on. Exactly. 
And so Nick Gage against Chris Jericho. What did he do? <laughs> that, that's how we kicked off this broadcast. We also saw a random press conference backstage with FTR and Santana Ortiz. And as much as I know this would be a great wrestling match, the way they've been building up and telling the story has been rushing all over the place. Like I, I really don't care who wins at this part at this point. And FTR, oh, this this is going to cause some heat here. FTR has been watered down in AEW. Of course they have. Nobody wants to say that, but I'll say it here on the Hoots podcast. FTR has been watered down, and when they lose to Santana Ortiz, you'll wonder if they made the right decision of going to AEW. They didn't have to go back to WWE. You could have went to Impact. You could have went to New Japan and do way better stuff than what they're doing right now in AEW. And I feel bad for both those guys, to be honest with you. The Pinnacle, it, it serves no purpose anymore. It's ruined. It's ruined. It, it, because it's it's ruined because Jericho's going to obviously run through all of them and then lose to MJF. So why right. do you need the Pinnacle? Why do you need the Pinnacle anymore? Let's talk about this match. Frankie Kazarian against Doc Gallows. And who, okay, Josh, who how, <laughs> how did the referee not see the interference? It was right in front of him. Uh, like, how <laughs> did the referee not see the interference? Well, not only that, you get you got to see your first interaction of this Olivier Hangman Page build towards their match at All Out. What was your thoughts on that? <laughs> what the hell is on Kenny Omega's face? Like yeah, what? good question. <laughs> That's um so it was the same stuff. Um Kenny Omega cannot cut a promo. He's Correct. he's off what promos. Don Callis is annoying. Um so but so to threaten them, we get so to threaten the elite, we get this comedic group, this bunch of comedy clowns coming out, you know, in the door in the dark order. And I actually don't mind the dark order. I I, I really have I come to like them too. I don't hate them as much as I used to. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. Especially and to me, especially I think it's John Silver. I think John Silver's hilarious. And I, I think he's great. But um so you're saying that this comedy group who comes out and there's just ha- because there happens to be a lot of them is a threat to the elite, yet the elite is the greatest thing in professional wrestling. Really? Like that's 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 gonna tell you how tough and how you know dominant the elite is when they're scared off by a bunch of a comedy which by a comedy act like you know what i mean and then by the way you're talking about this partnership earlier josh the first time they mentioned at least me i mean if i missed it i'll i'll own up to it the first time they mentioned the fact that they were the impact tag team champions was about 10 was after the match like yeah. they justin roberts didn't announce them as the impact tag team champions there was no graphic on them saying that they were the impact tag team champions boy this partnership is benefiting impact so well Give me yeah, let's give a shout out to the guy who's more fixated on talking shit about NXT and WWE instead of actually paying attention to the nonsense and the bullshit that he presents on TNT every week. Um, I, I'll I'll say my thoughts on Rick Moranis later on. Um, really quick, we saw this on the show. There's an announcement next week that we're gonna have ten men. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I saw that, Josh, I started. I was like, "Oh God, Josh is not going to be happy." Oh God, you guys! Uh, I feel like they're intentionally trolling me sometimes with the stuff they produce on TV each week. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, they announced that they're doing Cody Rhodes and Aleister Black at Daly's place, uh, not at All Out. I 
I don't get that. I I don't. I, that's stupid. Um, okay. Josh, focusing on ratings, not on making money. Yeah. <laughs> More focus. That, right? That, yeah. They're trying to get ratings for their show. They're not trying to- Here's the thing. Be, they're more concerned being the flavor of the week of wrestling promotions on social media than they are making money. Correct. That's just a fact. Correct. Guess what, Tony Khan? Eventually, your daddy's checkbook is going to run out. Eventually, your daddy's bank account is going to run out of money. And hopefully, the executives at Turner will eventually realize, wait a minute. What 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 is this? Why Why are we putting this on our television? Like it, it- Yeah, why are we having a knockoff of ECW and WCW every week? Um, anyway, talk about Booker of the Year. How about this? We go from a face to face match with Darby Allen and Wheeler Yuta for absolutely no reason. I'm gonna say my thoughts on what happened during this match in a couple minutes, but and then we go to a heel versus heel match with Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. Who the fuck comes up with this shit? <laughs> a, a, a baby face versus a baby face, and then a heel versus heel. Like, okay, I understand you mentioned it last night. Oh, it's, I'm fine with exhibition matches, but who the fuck am I supposed to cheer for here? Or boo. Right. <laughs> you know? But, Josh, according to AEW, heels and faces don't exist anymore. It's all about the character. It's all about the characters. But there's no character development. So, like, how can you, how can you say heels and faces don't work anymore, but there's no character development? It makes no sense. I'm not going to go on a five-minute rant about this, but the stuff with Sting and Orange Cassidy. um, If you thought my feelings on the dinner devil shit was crap, uh, this resembles in that same category. Unfucking believable You have a legend, an icon, doing fucking outlaw gimmick bullshit with pockets on worldwide television. Embarrassing, and of course, the stupid ass referee is going to be distracted by it. Because what isn't there a rest uh, AEW match where the referee's not distracted? Where isn't an AEW match where it's not a fucking afterbirth brawl after every single match? Right. It's it, it's it 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 makes absolutely no sense to me, Josh. And then so you talk about where AEW is the place where careers go to die. Look at Sting. What has Sting done since signing with AEW? What has he done? Nothing. No. I, I will say his appearance at Double or Nothing was – that was pretty good. Like, he did a good job at Double or Nothing. He did good in the match. But has he done anything substantial to make anything of a difference in AEW? No, absolutely not. He's just another guy so that they brought in to give a huge pay to you so Tony Khan can say, look what I did. I was able to get Sting here in my promotion. Like – I There's really nothing else that needs to be said, but – the stuff of Sting and Orange Cassidy was fucking stupid. It was stupid. Yeah. It, was, it was stupid. And like, but the nerdy, but the 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 stupid Marky fans ate it up. And they're like, oh, 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 like they. Yeah, violent, violent kicks. Yeah. <laughs> AEW markets themselves to a small, small, small percentage of the fan base. But because those are so passionate, they think that they're over and they think that they've made a mark they've made a uh you know um a a mark in the wrestling business like that they've this shit doesn't last it the new promotion smell is going to wear off real fast josh it's not going to be long 
And then being a new promotion excuse is going to run out soon, too. Um, so I love Britt Baker. You love Britt Baker. Uh, we think she's tremendous talent, but I'm just going to call Spade. Her match with Nyla Rose was suck, uh, was tough to sit through. And yep. type. Uh, not good. Britt Baker retained. Nobody got over in this match. And just bad, wasted TV time, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, so what was your I, I've said this before. Uh, I'll say this. I at least am glad AEW has the sense to keep the title on their top one of their top two performers in the company. I say MJF and Britt Baker are the two top performers in AEW. Um, so thankfully, they had at least had that sense. But there was no – the pacing in this match was bad. It was sloppy at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Nyla Rose has kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, Britt Baker needs to go to NXT and she needs to go to NXT ASAP. She needs to be a part of the best women's division in professional wrestling because she is good and she could hang um, in in NXT. I think she's terrific. Uh, I love the whole DMD thing. It's awesome. Uh, she's fantastic, but she needs – the longer she stays in AEW, the worse things are going to be for her career because yeah. it's it's just – she she, she – she can't carry a division that doesn't in a company that doesn't care about women's wrestling. Before we get to the main event, I want to talk really quick about the stuff with Rick Moranis after the show went off there. You know, the clip I sent you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Here's the thing. He says that we don't have a performance center. AW dark and elevations are performance center. I don't know what the incentive is for AW. Where um, are, are you there? Are you there to make money or have promotion that just talks shit about the WWE the entire time? Is that the whole purpose of your promotion? Is to talk shit about WWE? Is that is that what we're doing here? Right. Is, is AW just a wrestling podcast with wrestling matches in it? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I, I would tread very lightly with the words that come out of your mouth because as someone who transcribes every edition of Dark and Elevation and when it comes to who's creating stars and development, you guys don't even scratch their nutsack when it comes to that <laughs> category, okay? I've never seen a show with more useless matches than Dark and Elevation. You have matches that stab pads, uh, pad stats to win loss record, and which are meaningless. Which, yeah, which, which 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 wins and losses are meaningless. You get next to nothing when it comes to character development on the show. You get lucky if you get a sit down interview with Big Show, and who gives a fuck when those interviews happen? The shows go way way too long than they need to, and. You're going to tell me that that is a performance center? Josh, this is for the proof to my... You need to get off the pipe and realize without your fucking daddy's loan that he gives you that you ain't shit. You're not not Vince McMahon. You're not Eric Bischoff. You're not even Paul Heyman. You need to get a a grasp of reality, Rick Moranis. Seriously. Go ahead. Just, Just because you can have... Just because you can buy a wrestling promotion and buy being a booker does not make you a booker or knowledgeable about the about professional wrestling. And I'll say this, Josh, those comments 
further my point that AEW has no interest in developing their own talent. They right. want to take they're, they 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 they're trying to and I just figured this out. Tony Khan thinks he's created something that's above WWE. He's like, oh, we'll bring them in once they're developed and we'll bring in the professionals because that's what we do here in AEW. We can pay them like they're the absolute passion, you know, they're the, the absolute elite of our business. Right. It's like, no, you're buying, you're bringing in people that WWE does not want anymore. That's what you're doing. You're not, you're not bringing, because WWE has way more money to work with than you do. And they can sign who they want. They can promote a worldwide brand and you cannot. So you are not setting yourself. You are not saying, oh, just because we can pay these people, whatever we can pay them, we're above. We bring in our, we bring in the talent once they've been developed. We're the NFL and WWE is college. Give me a break. It's absolutely ridiculous that that's their mindset. And it's completely wrong. All right. We're going to wrap this up in a couple minutes. Uh, I want to say this. Um, Requit the main event was John Moxley oh. against hey. Archer. But can I say one thing real quick, Josh? About before that, we had one more match before that. Oh, where okay. we had, we had <laughs> Orange Cassidy. I will say this, and you and I may disagree on this, but I think we need more of this Orange Cassidy. Like he didn't do his gimmick shit. He just went out and had a good match. Yeah, I thought the match was fine. I liked I, this. Might have been, and this isn't saying much, but this might have been Orange Cassidy's best one of his best matches in the company because he just came, I think orange Cassidy is actually a good athlete. And I do think that he's actually as good in the ring. So yeah. I didn't mind. I was actually, I really enjoyed this match. I thought that the, um, the stuff with bunny and Chris Statlander was too much. There was yeah. too much of that interference. Um, but um, other than that, I actually, I want, I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed um, this match with orange Cassidy and we need to see more of this and less of his stupid pockets gimmick. So, yeah. Uh, Moxley and Lance Archer, Texas death match, um, hardcore nonsense. Um, Moxley lost. Um, you got choke slam through two barbed bar boards on top of two tables on the floor. Um, I just don't get the point of it. By the way, this match was for a New Japan Pro Wrestling title. Am I correct? Yeah, that is correct for, for the New Japan Championship. Correct. When they did a Texas death match, in Wrestle Kingdom, I didn't know uh, the match was wasn't under Last Man Standing rules. Am I correct? You would be correct, sir. Also, what is the count to get back in the ring in New Japan Pro Wrestling? I believe it is a twenty count, sir. So tell me, how in the blue ever fuck does Lance Archer win a title in ten seconds in a? a Oh, hold here's me. JR said this match could be c c uh, contested under New Japan rules. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and how are you gonna do a fucking countout in a no disqualification match? <laughs> they didn't even say, "Oh, this is last man rules." They said, "Listen to rules." They said you could win by pinfall or knockout. That is what they said. Literal knockout, not oh, I'm down. On my ass. <laughs> like. Oh. And my Josh. And it ain't about the 20. No. And did you notice how fast the count was? The count was fast because they were running out of TV time. Yet this is a 60 minute time limit match, but they ran out of time. 
and they had to count a really fast count because they like there was like a minute left in the show, and they had to get the segment in with uh, I can't even remember his name. Nicoleo. Yeah, they had to get him in there to, to build, make the build. It these these morons have no concept on how to run live television. They have zero zero concept on how to run live television. They don't know their timings. They don't know how to make segues in between segments. It's there's no time to celebrate at the end of a of, of a major victory. It's ridiculous. And does John Moxley think that he's going to have a lengthy longevity in his career by taking all these stupid and unnecessary bumps? He took like his back took a shot on the on the back of those two chairs. He took that, and then yep. he went through a ton of barbed wire. I just I I don't get this, Josh. Why do these performers want to shorten their careers for not a lot of money? I j- well, they are making a lot of money now in AEW, but it's so Kurt, we got to knock off ECW promotion. That's that's what this is what we got. We got stupid, pointless, hardcore matches every single week. We had the coffin match last week with Darby Allen to Ethan Page. We had the Texas Death match uh, this week. We're gonna have Chris Jericho and Nick Gage in a no disqualification match next week. What are we doing here? What did you? It's 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 sure insanity, and if you enjoy this, more power to you. But on that note, that is what the hell is wrong with AEW. Let's get out of here. This has been what the hell is wrong with AEW. I've missed this. Hey, by God, Omega. Oh, ah, Josh, I must tell you, bravo, another A on your performance evaluation. I know it's been a while since I've been here, but you clearly haven't missed a beat. Well done. Very, very good. Uh, you get you get an A for this performance evaluation, but that doesn't mean that I won't be back. You better keep it up, sir, because there's more coming. And the director of operations, big things popping, little things stopping. You know what he do. You know what he be. Making it happen. Making it rain, baby. That's what we do. But great job this week. Fun to be back, man. I've missed our show. All right, folks, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us today. It was a really fun uh, edition of the Hoops Podcast. We appreciate the support. Uh, make sure to follow Brother Carter on Twitter, by the way, at Derek Stout. Make sure to support yes. him at WrestlingRumors.net at uh, DerekStout.com as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. I'm on Instagram at Josh Lopez94. BookmarkProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And also, you can catch me weekly on the SND Network on YouTube oh, very good. with uh, Andrew Baydala and the crew there. Uh, we got a show we're doing later on today called Turnbuckle Trends. So be on the lookout for that. That's episode three of Turnbuckle Trends. And um, real quick, if you could please leave us a four or five star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps expand the reach of the show. And more importantly, if you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to our channel. Uh, so you never miss an episode. And make sure to press that little notification bell so it notifies you right as we go live on air every single week or a new video is being uploaded. So be on the lookout for that. And um, that's pretty much it. But um, I just want to say, remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself. For Brother Carter, I'm Joshy. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for episode 267 of the Hoops Podcast. No. No. (laughs) Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll be back here next week. Talk to you later. Yes, sir.
Yes, sir.